Ramble. Welcome to Curious with Josh Peck. Start the show. Hi, everyone. My name is Josh Peck, and this is a Curious Podcast, and you're the listener, and so that's great. Um, this thing doesn't work without this agreement that you and I have entered into. You know what I mean? This is quite the dance the two of us do. Here, us, together, I, the host, the performer, you could say. You know, the person which is delivering you this level of escape. Because that's all entertainment is, right? If it's worth anything, if there's any integrity to it, it's, it's, uh, it offers an escape from people's lives, from the ups and downs, from the mundane even. Maybe there are no ups and downs. Maybe it's just painfully the same. And any sort of welcomed escape, be it a, a, you know, a candy bar or a Netflix binge or a cute, adorable baby, child, son, daughter, or just some schmuck who podcasts once a week. We don't judge it. You know what I mean? Life is long. Seinfeld has a joke about that. He's like, you know, if you remove the movies and the theme parks and the dinners, life is long. You know, there's like a lot to it. And sometimes at our best, we're just killing time. And so how we do that is completely up to us. And it really, for the most part, deserves no judgment, even though I like to judge. Because I tell myself, because I'm such like an insane podcast listener and consumer of that as I listen to these things, because I listen to uh, Joe Rogan or Mark Marin, usually they have people that are very smart on these shows. And I feel like I'm learning as I'm listening. So I feel like my hobby, my waster of time is a value. It's better than yours because you choose to binge watch Game of Thrones or whatever your indulgence is. And that is a waste of time in my mind. But you know what? Who am I to judge? What am I talking about? I've heard Game of Thrones is excellent. And yeah, I don't love fantasy, but whose problem is that? Only mine. You know what I mean? Nobody making Game of Thrones is tripping about it. They're just like, really? Because we're making the number one television show, Josh Peck. So sorry if you're one of the few outliers who perhaps doesn't get it. Good luck. You know, enjoy yourself because we ain't worried about you. We're doing just fine over here in our fantasy, dragon-filled, hocus-pocus, magic-induced world. And God bless it. The fantasy, not for me. Superhero movies, um, not totally for me. But people love it. They love it. And if it's a form of escape and it gives them two hours of just feeling all right when they sit in that big cushy seat... Maybe it's at one of those movie theaters with the Lazy Boys. Have you seen those? I mean, my wife is a huge fan. Basically, it's like a massive living room with you and 40 other strangers. And you're in these Lazy Boys. And it's just an extensive menu. And you've got blankets and popcorn and drinks. I don't love that setup. i got to be honest. Um, a, I fall asleep. B, those movie theaters tend to only have a specific type of movie, only the most popular of blockbusters, which usually aren't my thing. Um, 
So I never, you know, I never really enjoy it. I like a traditional stadium seating movie theater like I believe they did it in the 20s or the 30s. When was movies, like when were movie theaters really created? 20s, so silent film at that point, right? Did they have talkies then? Maybe. Um, What's going on in the news? Kanye. I feel compelled to talk about Kanye. And this is not like a reflection or a diagnosis or or, or, or uh, some sort of uh, commentary on who who he is as a person because I, I have no idea, but I'm just fucking bummed. Just, I, I feel like I am in the majority of most Kanye fans where it's just like, no, like why, why you got to do us like this, Kanye? Why? Why? Yeah, we loved you. We would have rode with you. We would have rode with you through like five bad albums. We would have we would have had your back. Because what you gave us in 2006, you acquired so much equity, so much goodwill with us, the people, that, that we would have we seen you through these dark times. To when you reemerged, this hip-hop unicorn, this hip-hop phoenix out of the ashes of your former self and reinvented yourself in your mid-40s, which I know you could. Because you got mentors like Hova, like the Jay-Z, and other incredible, you know, uh, talented artists who, who would have seen you through. You would have went to Rick Rubin's compound in Malibu. The two of you would have probably done like ayahuasca in a barrel sauna. And you would have emerged this new transcendent hip-hop artist. And you'd probably have Bonnie Vare come and like sing the hook on some dope shit that would have been the banger bop of 2019. But no, you're fucking ruining it, Kanye. You're ruining all your goodwill with this thing that you're doing, and I don't know what it is, but I don't love it. And let me be clear. I don't care about the politics of it all, truly. Like, if Kanye took, like, a very educated, satient, like, satient's the wrong word, but, like, very um, well-thought-out position as, like, the hip-hop conservative and was, you know, brave enough to be like, I know that my view isn't probably on trend or what's uh, typical of someone who makes the kind of music that I do or is in sort of the 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 runs in, in, in the group of people that I do. But, but regardless, I feel strongly about these things. I've, I've thought them out and I feel the need to, to share them with you, my fans, the people. If that was the case, bong, go for it, Kanye. I support you. Might not be my view, but I'd like to hear more about it because I trust you as an artist. So if you feel strongly about something, I would like to hear more about it. But no, it's not that. It's really not that. It's like this weird posturing, blind, leading the blind, showing your iPhone passcode while you're sitting and bloviating with Donald Trump um, at nauseum about nothing. Um, and you're ruining it. Like, I'm... Like, I'm having a tough time listening to 2006 Kanye West at this point because all I can think about is 2018 Kanye. But what do I know? You know what I mean? Who am I to criticize? I don't mean to criticize because I would hate this if someone was doing this to me. 
you know? If I had sort of like slightly a public deviation from the norm of how people saw me um, and people felt the need to like publicly critique the way in which I was acting, I, I would be, I would feel bummed. And I would also think like, who the fuck are you to talk about me? So that being said, I felt compelled to say something and now I feel compelled to self-correct and say, Kanye, you don't need my opinion. Um, this is just love coming from still a fan, just not as big. You know, I get older and I hope that people's opinions will matter to me less, but uh, as it's revealed at 31, I still really quite care about what other people think. But maybe less than I used to. But I don't know. Um, Today's podcast, Laird Hamilton professional badass like literally just a man whose level of bravery and courage and just willingness to put himself in harm's way is unlike anything i've ever seen he's one of the greatest surfers to ever live he's probably the greatest big wave surfer to ever live um but he's so much more than that he is uh sort of a health and wellness aficionado. He is married to Gabby Reese, a former professional volleyball player and um, equal badass um, who is constantly, I mean, the two of them together as a pair, they just, you know, they continue to push the limit on like evolving yourself, making yourself a better person physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, so I couldn't believe that I got to sit down with Laird like this. It was such an honor to go to his house and to be able to chop it up with him for an hour. And I really appreciate it. And I think you guys will enjoy it. So here's Laird. Enjoy. Well, thank you again for doing this. My pleasure. Yeah. I'm a huge, huge fan. Um, all right. So, you know, my first question is, I'm a big fan of Rick Rubin and Neil Strauss, and it seems like they're always here working out. I mean, you seem—you have like this sort of notorious compound to a certain extent, right? It seems like it's turned into that, right? You know, I don't—I don't know if it's. Uh, uh, it definitely wasn't on purpose. I think it just—we kind of, you know, attract uh, a certain. Well, we we attract a certain people, but then we also. Uh, you know, I think that when people come through here that they, you know, that they, the experience that they have draws them back again. And it's, you know, it, it's kind of like going to your one friend's house that's always has a lot of fun going on. And you're kind of like, you always want to go back there because every time you go there, you have a lot of fun. So it's a little bit like, like that. Right. Well, it seems in an interesting way, like adult camp. Adult camp. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I, I, you know, I, I think that in a way, I think we want to, uh, you know, that we want to, we want to have fun. I mean, that's part of the thing, but it's also, you know, I, I find it to be, you know, in a way our, our grown up community, mm. you know, when you're a kid, you have community cause you have all your friends and you go do, you, you know, you have fun. And so I think we stop doing that sometimes when we get a little older, we kind of forget to have fun or we, or we forget to have community like that. I mean, and usually community when you're older is, you know, not always healthy. It can be like, Hey, let's go get drunk at a bar. That's <laughs> our, that's adult community instead of, Hey, let's go and, you know, adventure and play at a playground or, you know, 
play sports or something like that. So it's, I think it's, you know, it's a little bit more like grown up, you know, grown up activities, you know? Right. Well, you're so right because, you know, the prototypical man cave in quotes would be like a giant screen TV, whiskey, cigars, things that, you know, it's a nice escape, Yeah. but not necessarily going to make you better the next day. Right. Well, and, and like I said, it's more like that's our, you know, that's our adult manifestation of what we had when we were kids, when we were, you know, when we were able to, you know, use sticks and rocks and have fun. It's like we just, it, and it's a little, I think that, uh, that it's easy to misconfuse, uh, that, you know, it's cause you feel like sometimes when you look at some of that adult behavior, you're kind of like, it's like, oh, we're getting away with something. Like we get yeah. to do this thing. It's like, you know, the forbidden fruit, like where you get to drink whiskey and smoke cigars. This is like something that you didn't get to do when you were a kid. Right. And so it's like this novelty. But for me, I feel like, you know, I, I just enjoy feeling good too much. <laughs> right. It's like, I, I like to, I feel, I like to feel good. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and I think that, that there's a lot of us like that, that we, you find that there's a, there's a big, a big, you know, percentage of people that, that enjoy, you know, kind of, I would say nurturing the system, but I mean, Hey, the the one thing is around here is you got to work hard when you come, like, it's like, cause you're going to, there's going to be other people working hard. And if you're not willing to, you know, and, and, and working hard always doesn't, you know, directly correlate to like, like, you know, some sort of athletic event. It could be just a simple, simple thing of just, you know, enduring some intense heat or dealing with an ice tub, you know? Right. And will you sort of, for the listeners who aren't as, uh, aware of sort of the, your compound and, and your approach to physical fitness and whatnot, will you take the people through sort of like what a workout like that will look like just on a regular day with you and some friends? Well, we, you know, we try to create as much diversity as possible. So we always, I always want to keep kind of, keep it interesting, you know, take away the boredom, the monotony of just, and the drudgery of just the same exact activity. So we're always kind of creating hybrids and mixing things up. But, you know, I definitely like unorthodox training. I mean, I have all this, you know, I have all the foundational stuff of, you know, of, of the lifting and weights and, you know, and, and, and cardio machines and all that kind of stuff. And then, and then we've developed these pool training techniques and we do breath work and we, we do heat and ice and, you know, we'll, we'll do, uh, you know, a bunch of farmers carries with water buckets. And I mean, we'll just, you know, so we'll, we'll kind of dabble between, but, but they always look a little different, you know, we're always, and we're always, uh, you know, we're always just trying to shock the system a little bit through the unknown and maybe the combination of things. So, you know, we're going to, we're, we're going to keep mobility in there and do some yoga on one of the days. And then we're going to be in the pool and, and, you know, be trying to hold our breath and we're going to be lifting weights and doing burpees and riding stationary bikes in saunas and using ice tubs as one of the circuit, you know, one of the stations in a circuit. And I mean, we're always just going to, it's just, you, you, you're never going to get complacent and right. comfortable. Well, I don't ever imagine you on an elliptical machine. Am I crazy? 
Uh, we, I might throw in there for doing breath holding. Okay. So we might do some breath holding while we're on an elliptical machine. We might, I love add, it. you know, we might, we might do some, uh, hypoxia training. What, you know, we, I have an elliptical machine that, um, somebody gave us, you know, I don't, I mean, a lot of times we get gifted some of this stuff and so it's here, somebody gave it to us and, and I, and my friends use it. But like I said, if you, you know, if we're doing some hypoxia training, breath holding while you do, while you do the elliptical, it's. It's a different experience. I love it. I love you're like you're allowed to do elliptical. Yeah. You just can't breathe while That's you're doing right. it. Solid. Oh, intermittent breathing. You <laughs> okay. get to breathe sometimes. Yeah, ish. Yeah. Um, and w- could you equate like people like you know Neil Strauss and Tim Ferriss and and I find that that people that have come here to work out and are also attracted to the idea of continuing to better themselves, especially in 30s, 40s, 50s, which is easily forgotten in our society as people get older. What do you think that quality is? Is there like one unique quality that's, that's sort of in all those people and in you that, that seeking, that, that never satiated quality is, could you equate it to something? You know, I, I mean, I, I, well, there's a couple, a couple of things that, that, we all have in common. And, and one of them is, is, is that we never think we know. And so, and, and I think that, you know, and then the other one is, is, is that enthusiasm that a child has where you're just always trying to learn. And that's connected to not thinking, you know, and, and not, uh, accepting everything as that's the way you do it. Always maybe, uh, you know, my friend says, uh, you know, uh, uh, you're a contrarian, but in a way it's like, uh, you know, there's a certain disobedience to, to it, like where you just don't accept things as a status quo is like, that's the only way you do it. No, there's a thousand ways to do it. But I, I think the willingness to subject yourself to, to, to being a beginner, which is that same thing, which is, which is connected to that, you know, youthful enthusiasm that I don't know anything, but I'm, I want to learn. I think all of those are all kind of intertwined and we all, and I think we all have that in common. I think we're all wanting to be students. I think we just come in and if you're always a student, then you're always willing to learn and you're always, you know, believing that you don't know something, uh, or, or, and so there's, there's, pieces of that that everybody has and and their own you know unique version because everybody is different we and we have a different approach at it but yet at the same time we're kind of arrive at the same spot because somehow we're connected right way you have such a strong resolve and deep passion and self-discipline and all these things that are so self-evident and you see it in your wife gabby as well like there's you know powerful people How's your tolerance for people that perhaps don't have those qualities? You know, I, I think, I think I'm, uh, I mean, part of the, having some of those qualities is, is burdensome. And sometimes sure. you can look upon other people that don't maybe have that, that kind of drive or that just relentless pursuit of whatever it is you're going after and you, and you can envy them. You can be like, wow, what's, that's kind of, you know, the old saying ignorance is bliss. It's kind of like, <laughs> that's cool. Like I'd be wonder what it's like to not just be driven, you know, uh, relentlessly towards the, the future. Um, and, and at the same time, uh, you know, you can, it can, it can be the other side of that, which is kind of like, first of all, I couldn't not be this way. And, and so seeing somebody that isn't, I, I kind of, I, it's, it's, can be foreign to me to like, 
not even, and, and not envious, but also not, and not, ju- not judgmental. I, I think for me, I feel like, you know, I think we all have the ability to, to, to have these kind of pursuits and that kind of drive. Um, you know, I just don't think sometimes that, that we've all had the fortune to be able to be in a position to maybe pursue it in a way that it brings that out in us or be exposed to something that, because I think it's a human condition. I think at the end of the day, I think there's a human thing. And then if you've, are you lacking some of these things? It's just maybe because you just haven't had it like you haven't had the spark to light it. You haven't had the reason. It's like, you know, somebody gets hurt or questions whether they're going to be able to do something, uh, or, or has a, you know, Hey, get, get some sort of illness and like wonders if they're going to be around. They change their attitude a little bit. Sometimes you see these people spin around and, and they start pursuing things a little more, you know, aggressively. So, uh, but it, yeah, I mean, listen, it's, it's, it takes all kinds and, you know, and, and I think that there's obviously there's always something to be learned from everyone. Do you find that you need to, like my wife always yells at me because a lot of my stuff was born out of, uh, you know, pain is a great motivator. Mm. And so it's forced me into having to look at certain things. I was 300 pounds at, at age 17 and I had to turn that around and, and so sometimes I have a tough time reconciling when I feel as though others are not doing the best for themselves. Mm. And yet my wife will, God bless her, will say like, it's not your business. Give them the dignity of their own experience and just be like a loving hand guide, you know, but that's not always the easiest thing. It's not. But I think, I think that, I think it's important because I don't approach it, you know, in, in the, uh, in the, in the, in the biggest loser format. Right. That's not my style. I, I, um, you know, there's a, a saying, you know, you know, not their burden. And so you don't know the burden of other people and you don't know what they've been through. Um, and so, or how, how they're, you know, how they're feeling or what's going on with them. So in a way, I think you have to approach it like, well, there's obviously a reason why people are in situations that they're in and feeling the way they're feeling. And so there, I think there's a certain, uh, level of compassion that you need a, a certain level, level of sensitivity. Um, but at the same time, I think it's, it is your obligation as somebody who maybe has been blessed or exposed to certain things or put in a position or have a certain drive to kind of maybe help them discover their, you know, that piece in them. Uh, and, and just deal with where they are, you know, deal with and not put the, okay, well, this is what I do. You should be doing that. Never that it's always about, well, that's what you did or you can do, but what do you think you can do? And what's the possibility of what you're capable of? And I think that's more, you know, that's more interesting for me as somebody who, um, is fortunate to be able to, to kind of share with people and, and, and have people kind of look, look towards for, some sort of, you know, whether it's motivation or, or the creativity or, or just even a, a, a blueprint of a, of a lifestyle, like, Hey, how does that, this, you know, that looks interesting. I'm interested in that. And so I, I feel like, you know, that's a nice position to be in. It's a, I mean, you have to be responsible for that, but at the same time, it's a good position because you are able to kind of have influence, uh, in, 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 in a constructive way, which, you know, I, I, there's so many people in these situations that, that have influence that are so destructive and leading, you know, people so far away that I, I think it's, 
you know, we call it the selfish act of giving, but you, you get to see, uh, the results of, you know, of these things that you share with people. And it's, I mean, it's pretty incredible. Sometimes you see the transformation in people and you're like, that is awesome like that. And that drives you, that gets you going when maybe you're, you know, at a low spot, uh, in your, you know, in your biorhythm. Cause it, we listen at a certain point, it's like, you know, I think we all, you know, get tired and we all get, uh, unmotivated at times, no matter who we are. And we need, that's why we, that's why community is so important. Got another ad for you. And it goes a little something like this. RX bar. What about them? What's so great, Josh, you ask? Let me tell you, RX Bar wants to build things the right way. They believe in the power of transparency and let the core ingredients do all the talking. With all of them listed on the front of the packaging, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you see, I see those RX Bars in my local, my local supermarket, my local, you know, little food grocery place, and I see them, and I see those egg whites, and I see the dates, and the almonds, and or cashews, or various other ingredients that are involved, and I go, I know all those things, and those don't scare me at all. In fact, those are some of my favorite things, and they're all in one bar. Yes, please. Okay, RX Bars uses real food ingredients that actually taste really good. They're gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, and it's great for breakfast on the go, a snack at the office, throw it on your, I don't know, on your desk and have it in the middle of the day when you want to take a nap but you need a little something. It's great for a pre- or post-workout. They come in 14 delicious flavors, mango, pineapple, chocolate, hazelnut, peanut butter, and berries. There's so many. And now RX Bar has debuted an RX Nut Butter, which contains a few simple and similar ingredients like egg whites, fruits, and nuts. I'm a big fan. And so for 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com slash curious and enter promo code curious at checkout. That's 25% off your first order. Visit rxbar.com slash curious, enter promo code curious. Who are you? We know that somewhere in the world, someone downloaded this podcast, but we don't know anything about you. The people who support this show would love to know just a little bit about who is listening. If you have two minutes, it really does only take two minutes. Help us make the show an even better experience for you by telling us more about yourself. Just go to listenerq, L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R-Q.com slash curious and take the short survey. You can also give us direct feedback on the show, which we would love to hear. And as a thank you, you'll be entered into a drawing for a $100 Amazon gift certificate. Yeah. Two minutes. ListenerQ.com slash curious. That's ListenerQ.com slash curious. Well, I think for people like you and, and for me as well that have you know, been overpaid and had such an incredible life experience. It was born out of challenge and hard work and what have you. But, you know, sometimes people work hard and have challenge and never get what we've gotten. And, and I find the one true sort of uh, uh, thing that, that goes through all of this is the idea of giving it away. Because if you hoard it and you hold on to it, it will expire. It will spoil like most things. And as, as quickly as it comes in, it goes back out. Well, not to give an ocean but, reference, <laughs> but that's, but that's, you know, in a way that's the, the, the governing law of the universe. I mean, it's, right. it's, it's, it's if, if you don't keep the window open, 
it, it can't, and it's not going out. It can't come in. You have to make room for the next thing that's coming in. And, you know, I mean, they, you can, you can, I mean, there's scripture. No worries. Sorry. There's script, there's scripture that gives you the, you know, give seven, get seven times seven. I mean, it's like, you know, you, 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 and, and you don't, you know, you don't give to get, but you know, that's why I, t I talk about the selfish act of giving. You give to give because in a way that's the most, you know, that's the, that's the most, uh, I mean, I think that's the highest level of evolution. I think at a certain point when you evolve to the highest level, that's about giving. Because whenever you see people that have been striving to get the most, they arrive at this place where they have the most and then they're the most unhappy. And right. then they're like, wow, I thought if I got all this stuff that it was going to make me happy. And then, then they just realize, well, no, you have to, now you have to give it. And then, and then that's where you get a lot of contentment and a lot of happiness from is the, is the giving and the giving. It can be, it doesn't have to be monetary. It can be of your time. It can be of your knowledge. I mean, it's still, but in order to keep that system working, there has to be an ebb and a flow. There has to be movement. There has to be. So, you know, if you hold and protect, and I don't care if it's your knowledge, if you take knowledge and hold and protect, then you can't get new knowledge. Right. But if you just are comfortable that you're going to learn more and that there's always more to know, then you're not even thinking about retaining and protecting. You're, you know, that's usually out of insecurity. So when people lock down and hold it's it's it, it comes more out of a lack of faith and a lack of believing that you know that it, you will be provided for and or there's more to learn or whatever that looks like all right but i want i want the real deal when one of yeah. your when you're in a workout with one of your homies yeah. and they're dragging ass yeah, yeah, like, yeah. what are you what are you saying are you telling them like get it together you wimp like let's go <laughs> well we lead by example Solid. so you know we're and we're we have down days in in uh and, and, you know, you, maybe you don't have to because one of the other guys will. Solid. So, you know, we let, you, you can do, we distribute the punishment, uh, we we distribute the doling out of the punishment evenly. So, you know, you could hear it. You, But yeah, I think, I think it's a natural thing to taunt each other. I think that's very, very uh, healthy and, in, in, right. in, in, and, and poke people and, and, uh, you know, and, and at the same time, be sensitive to like, hey, maybe the guy's hurt or really not it's not his day but 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 uh but we also design stuff so there's really nowhere to run and nowhere to hide you <laughs> right. can't like you you're not going to be able to get away you're going to have to get in that ice bucket and there's going to be a clock and we're going to be watching and if you stop early or you don't do the heat or you don't you know do the reps we're gonna hey that was only eight reps hey only that was only nine reps or you know what do you use in a you know the the, the children's weight i mean you know there's always so there's i but i think a lot of that that taunting that happens is a, is a those are that's super constructive and in, in a way it's encouragement i mean it's you know and the people that don't take it like it's encouragement they usually don't come back yeah right yeah god i mean i've i cheat some reps and i remember when i used to i was really into crossfit but i i tore my pec yeah bench pressing and i was like all right maybe i need to slow down on yeah. this and but i remember one of the coaches being like how you do this is how you do everything so if you cheat a rep you're cheating somewhere else in your life and i was like well you Damn can it. only cheat yourself <laughs> right by the way right and you're only cheating yourself but that's just like 
I, I think it's important even, you know, I think it's not, they say that the average man lies twice a day and the average woman lies twice a day and women lie to make other people look better and men lie to make themselves look better. Right. But you just, you know, you can say, oh, I was in there for 10 minutes and you're in there for nine minutes. Or you can say I did 50 reps and you did 48 reps or whatever. And I think it just as a good habit for your own well-being, just get used to, and if anything, downplay it. Like be like, oh, I only did 47 reps, you know, <laughs> right. even though you did 48, like try the reverse of it. And it actually is kind of, uh, in a way it's, it's, uh, you know, you, you, you feel a, a certain relief from that. There's a certain, cause then you're feel like you're like not living up to something. You feel like you're actually downplaying. I think that's, and that's, that goes back to humility. And, you know, I think that's important to, to, uh, to keep, cause there's always another rep. There's always somebody else who's doing more reps. There's always, you know, and I, I, I think our, in our environment, one of the things that people like too, is that we don't, you know, we always say, leave your ego at the door. That it's not about you out repping the other rep and you know, or whatever the guy did, you do more. Like we try to take some of that competitive aspect of the training out of it and give it more about you being about more about your, with yourself. You know, and my mom said once, you know, if you can't be true to yourself, you can't be true to anyone else. But in a way, listen to yourself, work hard when you can work hard when you can. It's like, here you're, because you're your own most critical. I mean, I, no, oh, nothing yeah. I can tell the guys, they're not putting on themselves harder. Yeah, no one's ever shit talked me like myself. I promise. 100%. Because only you know you at right. the end. So you know how to talk yourself down better than anybody that could ever do it. Yeah. Cause you know what you're feeling or what you've done or haven't done or said or haven't said. If anyone talked to me the way I talk to myself, I'd never talk to them again. We I wouldn't promise. be friends I, anymore. Yeah, for sure. Right. Exactly. What is there a, is there something you notice in people, um, that is sort of like an insidious trait, something that you feel is the great blocker of people in this day and age. That's, stopping them from their potential and keeping them from growing and learning and not sort of achieving some of the things that you and, and people that you're close with have? Uh, I mean, I, I, I think that probably one of the biggest traits that people have uh, that, are, that holds them back uh, is, and, and it manifests itself in a lot of different ways, but I think that that people are scared and I to be vulnerable, right? To, to be to be vulnerable and to be and to be perceived as being uh, weak. I think that that's a I think and and in so doing they strike out in aggression and 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 frustration and some of these other things. And a lot of the behavioral things that people do are based on that. And I think it's, I think it, especially men, you know, because of the nature of, you know, I'm a man, I'm tough, I'm strong, I'm this, I'm that. And, and in a way, uh, you know, in the, in the, in the book, uh, natural born heroes, one of the things they talk about is, you know, to be heroic, you have to be compassionate. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. That means humble. That means sensitive. That means, vulnerable you know these are things that that are so that we don't connect to being masculine we connect strong and aggressive and blah 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 and all these other things but the to balance that scale i think it i think that that's you know and 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 being a beginner being a being a 
being, I think, being a beginner, I think people really, they don't like to, to be embarrassed in front of, they want to just stick with what they're good at and be in that lane and be, and not be, and not be a beginner. And I think that, you know, and again, being sensitive and, and fearful and all that stuff is connected to not wanting to be a beginner because there's a certain, you know, sensitivity to being a beginner. There's a certain vulnerability. Like, Hey, I'm, I don't, it means you have to say, I don't know how to do it. And you do, definitely don't cause you don't know how. And so you have to subject yourself to that process. And I think as we get older, we get, you know, uh, more and more that way as I think we, we, our, our willingness to try to do new things just diminishes. And do you think that to what you were talking about before, um, the idea of giving it away and how it's afforded you this sort of, um, uh, sort of reprieve from self, right? And it's, it's uh, giving, uh, I find for myself, the only way that I kind of feel at peace is the idea of giving it away. And before that, when you were chasing, you know, a bigger wave every time, was there a moment where you sort of realized you were like, this isn't going to suffice. Like if it's, if it's over a hundred feet one day, no matter what, like this thing, while it's a huge part of me and, and I love this and this is my life, I'm trying to fill a hole that can't be filled with this. Was, did you ever have a moment like that? Well, I, not to get too deep. Well, well yeah, <laughs> no, but the fact is, is that I think the, one of the, one of the great kind of blessings that I have, one of the fortunes that I have is that I have the ocean uh, as a teacher and uh, you learn quickly uh, that it, it, it'll never be enough. You'll never, there'll never be a big enough one. There'll always be a bigger one. You'll never, you'll, you, there's this, there, there's a, there'll be a void in the pursuit of trying to ride the biggest wave that will always be there because there'll always be a bigger wave that you didn't get that you, that, that it does exist. And you know, in your head, there's, there's bigger waves than you have ever seen and that you ever, that you'll ever know of. So there'll always be this thing that's unquenchable. It'll be this un, you'll never be able to. And so you have to, at a certain point, you have to, in the pursuit of this, this thing, this, this moment, this, whatever it is, whatever it is that you're pursuing for, to fill that void with, that there'll be, that there will be no end to it there. And then you have to spin and go back, uh, inside right. to yourself. And, and, and try to find it within you. And it, that's actually where it is. You know, I always, uh, I laugh about the alchemist, but it, you know, it, 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 you, you search the world for the treasure and only to find it that was in your backyard. Right. And in a way the treasure's in your backyard, like the, 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 the substance to fill the void that you have is inside of you. And once you can do that, uh, once you can find that, it doesn't mean you still don't have the, you know, the residual effects of the pursuit of, of, you know, of greatness, those will always exist in some, at some point, there'll always be some, some fragments of that, that are part of you. I think it's part of being human. I think that's a part of our DNA. It's our biology. You know, some of this stuff's our biology and you're not going to, you're not going to erase biology. You're not going to, you're not going to, you know, avoid biology. I mean, this is, 
what we are, who we are. And so, but when you can spin it and, and come back and then take control of it and learn how to fill that void with your own contentment, then you, then you, then you, then you can actually, then you can actually make the big wave have fulfillment. Then it can actually be useful in, in giving you something. But if you're looking for it to bring it to you, no, you have it. And then you can use that to help what you have already. But, and do you see that in certain guys that are chasing that thing? And maybe it's, you know, a big wave surfer or in many different facets of life where you're just money, like, money, yeah, money, money, yeah. chasing money. I mean, that's the biggest way. That's the, that's the, 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 that's the biggest wave for the human race. You know, I have big waves, so I didn't money. I money's a tool and you use it and you need to eat and get things and all that. But that's not the, that was never the, I was fortunate that I had the wave. So, you know, and, and, but the, but money and the pursuit of the emptiness of that. I mean, I, I have, you know, you see it all. I, I mean, I run across it all the time. The people that, that are in pursuit of their hundred foot money and, and they have emptiness and they're unhappy. And it's like, and it's, it's bummer for them. Like right. bummer, like, you know, that, that it can't. And cause it never could fill that void because that's not, you know, that's never, that's never going to be filled with that. Right. Again, it comes back into you. I remember, yeah, similarly, like being really heavy my whole life and obviously overindulging in something was like a form of numbing out and narcotizing that inner voice. And then I got in shape and I, I, I remember sort of a moment of clarity for me was I had this huge movie that I was starring in with my favorite actor at the Sundance Film Festival and we had just won. And I was just miserable. And I'm <laughs> like, just pitiful, 21 years old. And it confirmed a suspicion that I had had my whole life, which was that be it food or drugs and alcohol or prestige or women or what have you, like nothing was going to fill up this thing. Yep. And, and that except maybe real love. Yeah. That real helps. love, like real love, yes. like, like real commitment in a relationship with somebody who you respect that. I mean, that can help. That's a, one of the pieces of that. I think you fill the hole with a pie. Right. And it, the pie has slivers and one of them's that. And then the other one's you being truthful to yourself. And then another one's you being a good friend to your thing. And then another one's you being, you being generous and, and that, you know, so there's, I mean, you know, and some of them are as simple as you taking care of yourself and sleeping well and eating good and, you know, and working out. And then, you know, the, so there's all these slivers that you have to fill. The, that's part of the thing too, is that there's no one thing. You're not going to just go and, you know, dig a hole and find a rock that's going to fill that hole. Like these are slivers and you got to figure out which slivers are going to, you know, that you can put together to fill that, that void. And it's, it's, there's quite a few of them, you know, speaking of pie, do you ever eat cheat meals? <laughs> uh, once in a while I'll do, I mean, I was in, I was just in Europe and we had a, you know, I, I mean, when Rome does a Roman, so I was in Italy and I had some beautiful pasta, but I mean, that was, I can count the pasta meals I've had this, you know, in the last year on one hand, but that's, it's not, wow. you know, I don't, it, but I, you know, I tell, listen, people go, oh, you have such discipline. I go, actually, you only crave what you feed. So in a way I don't eat a lot of those foods and I haven't for a long time. So I don't really have the cravings. It's not like I see a giant, 
ice cream, you know, ice cream sundae. And I'm like, man, I really want that. It's like, I look at, it, I go, I don't want it. I already know what it's going to make me feel like it's going to be good for about one second on my tongue. And then as soon as it goes down my throat, I'm going to feel like clogged. And I'm like, I don't. So in a way, uh, I think that's the part of the misconception because people can't understand what it would feel like to not crave that food because they've never eaten that not eaten it long enough to not crave it so they're like wow discipline like because coming from where they're feeling but if they were feeling like how i was feeling they'd be like oh yeah you don't even care bread does you just don't even you're not even interested like that's not even a you know i mean listen i have my things i i like my coffee and and uh you know and 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 so I get it, I get it there and I, you know, but I, but listen, you crave what you feed. So if you're eating a ton of sugar all the time, then you, anything sweet, you look at it, you go, mm, I want that. <laughs> right. you know? Where if you don't eat sugar all the time, you're kind of like, first of all, when there is sugar, you're like, wow, that's sweet. That's too sweet. And you just don't have the same urges that, that, you know, uh, that, that you do when you're consuming that kind of stuff. I always hear healthy people say stuff like that, and I wonder what it would feel like to eat something and be like, ah, too sweet. Oh, yeah, it happens. I, I'm sure Believe I've me, heard it. It doesn't take that long. You, but, you go off of that. You stay away from that refined sugar for a little while. You'd be surprised how quick you just like, you can just taste it everywhere. It's in every salad dressing and everything. It's like stuff is so sweet. It's crazy. You're like, but it's not, it was never sweet when you're eating sweet, but it's only sweet when you're not eating sweet. I believe it coming from you. Yeah, I yeah. I have a harder time from people that have been like paleo for four days. Yeah, and they're yeah, like, yeah. bro, a yeah. strawberry oh, taste. Yeah. And I'm like, shut up. Yeah. Like you've been doing this for four days and you've yeah. eaten like a slab of bacon every morning. I don't believe yeah. you. No, it's true. What's a normal eating day look like for you? What are your staples? Well, it de- you know, I, again, it depends. I mean, I, I eat a lot of fat. Mm. So I like, I like, I mean, I eat and... and I like raw dairy, like raw raw butter, raw cream, like that kind of stuff. Um, I usually eat two meals a day, um, and is I that to, intentional, like intermittent fasting? I'm just not that hungry uh, in the morning because I because I start with a bunch of fat. I use and and I and I drink coffee with the fat, like a bulletproof type. Yeah, yeah, okay. coconut oil, raw butter, a bunch of just a bunch of fats in there, and uh, you know, um, and so. Uh, I mean, I, we were eating, you know, it, what's interesting is, is we were eating, uh, we were drinking espresso with like heavy cream 25 years ago. And I mean, listen, they've been using, we've been using cream in coffee for as long as it's been around because of the relationship, but of the, of the caffeine and the fat. But, you know, uh, I find that, that I train better and I like to be on an empty stomach. So I don't, so, and, and empty means, you know, I mean, I'll just have some liquid, you know, espresso and some, I mean, I drink a bunch of water. I try to hydrate, hydrate, uh, you know, myself well, uh, and then, and then plants and animals like I'm, you know, and, and not a ton of fruit. Um, even though I'm not against fruit, I just don't eat a ton of fruit, try to eat fruit from the local, you know, seasonal kind of stuff, try to eat raw, like try to eat wild proteins and stuff i'll go on you know i'll go for three or four days just vegetarian i'll just eat only vegetable for three or four days and then uh and then i'll just be like okay i'm gonna eat you know i'll be 
you know, I'll eat bacon and, you know, a bunch of, you know, uh, I like, like exotic sausage, like something that, you know, just that real, I mean, listen, I just try to eat real, the real food that has nutrient density, stuff that's powerful. And, you know, I, I think my approach is more like food is fuel. And so I'm everything I'm looking for, I'm looking for it to do something for me, not for it to taste good. Like the fact is you can eat things that taste great that are good for you, but I'm, you know, I'm eating fish roe and I eat fertile eggs and, you know, I'm, I, I look for stuff that has potency, that has power, like that has, that has energy. And I'm, you know, I'll later, I'll probably do a bunch of juicing. I'll juice kale and celery and, you know, some other, some other stuff. Uh, and, and, you know, and then I just, I avoid, I avoid, most, uh, most grain, you know, most grains. And, um, I like Mac nuts and other kinds of, my friend has a nut from Brazil called a Baru nut. And, um, you know, I'll eat, uh, you know, I'll eat almond butter and, you know, I mean, I, like I said, I just like, you know, I like real stuff and, and very little, you know, very little, and, and I try to avoid, uh, any refined sugar that I can. I mean, the most refined sugar I have is in, in, in some of my, uh, you know, my layered superfood creamers have some coconut sugar in them, which is actually has, they're high in minerals as well. So, and they're low on the glycemic index and they're from a coconut tree. It's like coconut trees. It's hard to mess up a coconut tree. It's not, you know, some over overgrown crop that's coming from leached out soil. So, you know, it just, I just try to be conscious, uh, and, and and then variety. I think having a, a a diverse variety, not getting stuck in this routine where you just eat the same stuff every day all the time. I mean, the only real routine I have in my diet is is my coffee stuff, just because of that. Like I said, the raw butter, the coconut, the red palm, those oils. Why raw? Um, well, the dairy the I like dairy. raw because yeah. of the enzymes because they because they're it hasn't been killed you haven't cooked it and so um, you know if you look at all the good French cheese it's all raw mm. um, if you and if you look at what's in raw dairy um, it's it's got enzymes it's alive it's 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 you know it's not it hasn't been killed and I think the more alive your food is the better I think it's important for your food to have power is that black market dairy. Can you get, you can get, no, you can, you can get it. You can get it. it. It's, I think that, and I'm not sure, but there's certain dairy products that they're able to kind of get, uh, right. there's certain, and, and there's a couple, uh, there's, it's hard to find. It's like you're see. I mean, we, listen, I have, you know, friends that we get stuff shipped from the Amish. I mean, we're like, you know, and I, if I can get, you know, I know somebody's going to go, um, he's going to go hunt an elk and we're going to get all the organs and we're going to get a bunch of meat from the elk and we're going to have that in the freezer and my friends catch giant tuna and we're going to try to get, I mean, when we can, we do that. I mean, listen, we still have to, you know, we live in the modern world. It's not just like we can go hunting out of the backyard. It's like, and the fact is, is that, you know, eating well is expensive. You know, in my opinion, you know, there's a lot of places to spend money. People will buy fancy jewelry, fancy clothes, fancy shoes they'll hang in their closet and then they'll eat like crap. It's like, I'm like, I think you got a priority mix up. I think we should maybe downgrade the car a little bit, never mind the fancy clothes, and let's get into some really good food because, you know, what are we doing with that stuff? But it's all about, right. you know, 
the appearance. Have you seen the new E-Class Mercedes? Oh, beautiful. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Go, come on. Come on. Yeah. And you're in it all day long. So get a nice car. <laughs> 18 but, but, speakers. But, don't, but, but don't, go to, don't go to, you know, some fast food joint and While think you're it's in good it. for you. Right. I mean, you know, it's like, hey, like, at least be realistic. And, right. you know, maybe you don't have to get the fancy new rims. You can just bypass that and get some exotic protein. Right. You know? <laughs> like, uh, you know, yeah, again, it's a, like a prioritization of what's important. Like, where do you, you know, where do you put sleep? Where do you put your diet? Where do you put, you know, where do you put uh, your training? Where do you, like, what, in a priority of existence, what's important? And, and I think that, uh, you know, a lot of what goes on uh, is that people have their value systems are a little whacked and the priorities are a little whacked. They're putting the value and the priorities on certain things that, that f for me, I, I think it's like at the end, when you look back, it's like, so what? But this other stuff is, you know, this is, this could be the things, these other things could be the things that make it so you don't spend the last, you know, couple of years of your life in a hospital taking more prescription meds than they even have names for, uh, you know, running all, feeling like crap, not able to do anything. So, you know, we, we don't know if it's what it's going to do for the, our longevity. We know what it does for the quality of our life at this moment and how it makes us feel and, and how we, and how we perform uh, emotionally, uh, sexually, uh, physically, uh, you know, sports wise. I mean, we can look at these things and see the, 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 the outcome of the, and the result of the, of this kind of behavior. And so, you know, again, I think it's, you know, you just got to decide what you want, like, and, and what's important. But, uh, but one thing is for sure is you can't avoid that you're going to breathe air, you're going to drink water, you need food, you need sleep. I mean, these are just some certain biological facts that we all are subject, you know, subjected to living on earth. And it's like, if you, now, if you got some other trick that I don't know of, let me know and I'll, I'll, I'll look at it and consider it. But right now I'm only going with what I know, which is what, you know, what, what, how it is, like, how is it? And this is how it is. And this is how it's been. And so, uh, you know, I, I think that there, that that's the, that's the shift that I would like to see happen would, would be that people would kind of reevaluate, you know, their priorities and be like, Hey, you know, sleeping is really important and really good. And, you know, and we do it a third of our life. So it must mean something, you know what I mean? This other thing, food, this other thing, health, training, working out, these are all movement. I mean, this is all you know, this is directly cor correlated to performance. Like, you know, you want to be better at what you do. You want to, I mean, all these things, I mean, these are, this is it. It's right in front of you. It's, you know, it's, everybody's looking for a magic pill, take the pill. And then, you know, and, and unfortunately the fact is, is that every single thing that is the, all of the most beneficial things are all stressful. There's a certain level of stress that it has to do with them. And whether it's the stress of, the difficulty of trying to find what you need to eat because you need you're trying to eat good or the workout that you want to benefit from has to have a level of stress in it now there's ways to be less harmful than others right the closer we are to nature the more we move naturally you know these are things that protect us uh but we're just trying I, I i see a lot of hacking like everybody's trying to hack their way through i think you can use hacking to to support existing uh, habits that are that are healthy but I don't think you can avoid the work right. you can't hack your way through the work you just it's just and, and you know what and even if you can 
what good is that anyway? At the end of the day, what are you get then? What are you going to do? It's like idle hands are the devil's playground. It's like you give you the freedom to do what to mess up more. It's like come on, we might as well. If you're going to busy yourself, busy yourself with this stuff that's that that we're designed to do anyway. Uh, Seinfeld has a great joke about. He's like, you know, he's like, when you take away the movies. And you take away dinners, life's long. <laughs> He's like, exactly. we actually have a lot of time. By the way. You know? Exactly. When Do you, you take away these things, these, yeah. these little scare, you know, these little square electronic devices. I mean, you start looking around and it's like, we were having less and less to do. You know, they say when we hunted and gathered, we had, it took us 36 hours a week to, to do what we needed to do to survive. Now it's like. 70 hour weeks and people can barely pull it, pull it off. And we still don't have any time. <laughs> right. know, it's like, but yet we become more sophisticated and never been more, you know, it's never been easier to live and survive, but yet we even have an even less time. So it's like, maybe we're better off just hunting and gathering. Hey y'all, this is Donna from the Curious Ad Department. I'm just here with a quick little promotion for y'all, so enjoy it, and we're gonna get right back to that crazy little Josh Peck host of ours. Anyway, um, care of, guys, what's it about? Well, back to school time means you're always on the go, shuffling kids to practices and study groups, and not having much time to devote to staying healthy. Care of can make taking care of yourself this autumn easy with personalized vitamin and supplement packs perfect for on the go so you're going to support your body with an extra health boost and vitamins you need to stay in shape after summer and you know back to school season man it's stressful you got to take care of yourself care of makes it easy to get back on the health kick in a convenient and uh, dare i say fun way combat stress stay healthy by adding some supplements for energy stress and sleep to your routine and and whether we like it or not it's it's you know it's important we got to take care of ourselves we got to be good to us so we can be good to others right care of so what was it like growing up a white guy in hawaii uh well that, i mean if, if you know anything about uh racial tension i mean it's you know it's i just watched spike lee's new movie the other night and you know and and all that racial divide that, that no worries uh all the racial all the racial divide that the humans have um you know it's i i i i mean i grew up in 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 a, in a, a racially tense environment and you know and i mean listen a lot, a lot of a lot of people uh, have have experienced worse um, than than I'll ever know. But the but the fact is is that I understand what it's like to be discriminated against and to be hated because of the way you're born and all these kind of fundamental uh, foundational aspects of racism and 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 I experienced it, you know, uh, personally. And I mean, a lot of it's what shaped shaped me and and. And, uh, you, you know, but, but I can tell you as a teenager, when you're, or when you're a kid growing up in it, it, it's not fun. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a fun, uh, it's not a fun thing. And, you know, I mean, I, the fact is, is that, that you have to be careful that you don't become the, the thing you so resent. Mm. And so I think it's been, it's something to be conscious of that, that if you've ever been, discriminated against that you that you don't become a discriminator you know and because you were a discriminatee and it's easy to turn into to to 
you know, have that. And, you know, I just, I always, I think when it's all said and done and I look back at my upbringing and I go, hey, listen, I'm a human from earth. And if you're something different, then we can talk about it. But otherwise it's like, I got hand, two hands, two feet, you know, a nose, a mouth and ears. I mean, it's like, we're all, and, and really basically we all want the same thing. And so, you know, what, what are we really look talking about? And, and again, it goes back to what I said earlier. It's, it's about fear that people are scared, um, scared of the unknown, scared that, you know, that, that, and we all, and we want community, we want tribe. We want to think we're special, we're unique, and there's only us and we're the only one and all that stuff. Um, again, because that stuff is based on, on, on fear. But, you know, I, I, uh, I know, like I say, when I was a kid, it was, it was, you know, and, and I have, you know, some of the closest people in my life, some of my best friends are, are, you know, culturally from, from the side that was discriminating against me. I got, sure. I got Asian guys and black guys and, you know, yellow, green, pink, whatever. I got just people that, that are my best friends that I love like family and, and, uh, you know, and, but uh, you know, that stuff is, is, uh, it's insidious when you see it and, and, you know, you, you can't, it's hard to understand how, where people can get hate. And then you realize it's, it's perpetuated that you really, it's, it's, it's passed down. It's DNA downloading. I mean, you can just get, you, you just get the DNA, man. You just literally you're born and you can get that. You can have that stuff inside of you. Uh, and, and, and unless nurtured correctly and put in the proper environment, you know, you, you, it manifests itself and it's, you know, it's, it's just, it's, uh, it's one of the human conditions, you know, back to what I said, the humans, they do all kinds of funny things. But do you think if you weren't who you are and you were just, you know, a guy in his fifties surfer who grew up in Hawaii, would you going back for six months a year, would you get static from the locals still, or you would just be known amongst your friend groups and they would vouch for you and there would just be a certain level? Well, of... I still get, st- I can still get static right now. Really? I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. No oh, yeah. way. You, well, you, you don't ever become unwhite. <laughs> right. That's a good point. You don't unwhite yourself. Right. You don't unblack yourself. You don't un, you don't become something different than what you are and you just go down the wrong path turn in the neighborhood and you know for you to think everybody would know you that was your first mistake <laughs> right so the you know uh i would never ever put myself in a position where i would expect somebody people first of all to respect me you know like we have it's funny because it's you know a lot of the altercations that we have are always based about respect other guy was on you know disrespectful it didn't respect me it's such a big it's, thing in the surf community well in the world in the world in the world yes i mean it's all in the hood it's the same thing oh right. the guy didn't respect me he wasn't respecting me like that and so you know and, and and but i have a saying you know act respectfully and get respected right act respectfully get, not get respected and act respectfully i'm talking about act respectfully first then get respect and so in a way i think if you come in like that and you come in never thinking that people someone should know you always being realistic about what you are uh then then you're never surprised then when somebody does something to you you're like yeah no problem like <laughs> right. I, I got no problem with it and yeah you might have some giant monster friend of yours that come over and just go you know crush the guy because the guy didn't wasn't respectful to you and you know but 
that's, I mean, I, I think for me, I, I'm, I'm always a realist that way. Like I never, I, I never would demand that I be respected or something like that. I, I mean, listen, I, I will say that the influence that being a minority and being, you know, being a white guy in in Hawaii growing up had on me as far as, you know, my, to, but I think I, but that, that drive that I have, I think I had the drive. It was just like I, where I aimed it, it was kind of like, Oh yeah. Okay. Well then I'm going to, you might not like me, uh, but you might, but you'll respect me. And if you don't respect, you might not even respect me, but you will, you'll be like in awe of me maybe because I might be willing to do things that you're incapable of doing. And then you might be like, you might not even want to respect me, but at the end you'll just by default, you'll be like, yeah, I guess you went a little higher than I did on that cliff jump, you know, or whatever it was. So, it was, you know, so, uh, and I think that, I mean, listen, I love that, that, the definition of that, that de how defining that is. I love that defining thing of, you know, it, it, it leaves opinions, it leaves judgment, it leaves everything away. It's just like, hey, you just do this thing and you're at, on this thing that, that you, no one else does. It kind of just sets you alone. Like at a certain point, you're, you're, even if somebody doesn't dig it, they don't have to. You're, you're, you know, you're, that alone gives you, I think, a, a, a confidence that, that, that whatever comes down, you're what you're you're capable of facing it, whether you know, or whether you're not, you're gonna face it, and you you know, it's not like you haven't been there before. So I, I think that that's a big part of it. I think it's a, a you know, I I would always uh, I would always be a realist when it comes to you know knowing what I am. I'm never gonna think I'm not what I am, and and uh, and at the end of the day, I'm proud of what I am. So that's the biggest thing. I think when people aren't proud of what they are I think that becomes an issue when you're trying to to fit in once you realize you don't fit in then you're good then it's like you're like then you quit trying nothing and then is. you start to fit in actually right. then you actually fit in at that point because you don't care about when you need to and you're trying to fit in you just that's just a uh, that's again back to what we spoke about filling that hole you're trying to right. fill that hole and you're, you think by fitting in the hole's going to be filled, you're going to fit in and then those spills going to be that big void. You're going to be like, I was spending all that time trying to fit in and then that big void came along. And then when you just release it and, you know, listen, you have a hard enough time just keeping the people that you're in the circle with good. You know, you keep your family good. You keep your friends good. You know, that, that's, that in itself has enough uh, work for a lifetime that if you know but does that like for me as an outsider who's only surfed you know maybe 20 times in my life when i go and you see it like at, at certain basketball courts and whatnot but like surfing specifically when i go out there's so much posturing mm. and you know like i'll go surf in venice with a friend of mine and it's just like i realize that it's locals only and you were all Z boys, or you want to say you were, you all knew Tony Alva, and it's like, guys, like, can we do like, I'll respect, I won't, you know, steal yeah. a wave, I'll stay out of your way, you get first dibs, but like, at some point, can we end this game we're playing here? Like, I sometimes it just feels a little extra, right? Yeah, and I'm and posturing and for sure, yeah, for sure. Well, it, it, I mean, and, and I mean, I, you know, I always used to say a lot of it had to do with the fact that there wasn't, you know, enough surf. 
right? right? There wasn't enough waves. There's not enough waves or not enough, but some of the heaviest, uh, and, and you know, it's connected to a deeper thing. It's connected to, it's connected to a tribal thing. It's a real, it becomes a very primitive tribal Sapiens, thing yeah. that, that, it, that, and it becomes, uh, you know, to the pecking order too, like a pecking order and, and some of these things that, that are a necessity. You know, um, I've been listening to a lot of Jordan Peterson's work right. lately, and he was talking about like how, you know, the, the, in the Simpsons, how like the bully, the bully is, is so important at the, at the, at the pool, at the school, because it, I mean, in this, in the Simpsons version of who the bully is, where his dad's gone, this and that, that, but he create, he creates this certain structure that is a necessity. Otherwise we just have a bunch of whining crybabies, you know, in right. the thing. And I'm not saying bullying. I'm just mean like that the certain pecking order, the way it's established is the structurally is, is, is biology. It's a biology thing. And, you know, but there is a lot of dialogue in the lineup that is, you know, I always say that women and children aren't safe in the lineup. It's like, there's a real, uh, issue, um, out there. And, you know, I mean, listen, a, a lot of it is because this, the, and, 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 and I always remind everybody, I go, well, just remember, it's not out there. They bring it from the land. Right. So when guys come into the lineup that are unhappy or edgy or doing their thing, that's just their frustration that they bring from shore. It's not, it's not out there in the water. They brought it. So they bring that stuff to the water. The water doesn't have it. It's not there. So the, 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 the fact is, is that th these people that have these issues are, these are their own, these are issues that they're bringing. So that it's actually personal issues that they have that is manifesting self in, in an environment where they have this luxury to be able to, to say what they want and act how they want. Because right. there's a certain lawlessness when you're in the sea, right? That, that you can't, things you can do in the ocean and things that happen in the ocean are different than, than like the, road rage almost like exactly. shit you would never do if you were face to face with of course someone. Not. <laughs> right. Of course not. But somehow in the water, they get away with being that way and doing that. And, you know, and, and again, it comes back to a tribal thing, a communal thing. It's like, there's all these other that are, it's manifesting itself. Uh, but you know, we, I mean, listen in Hawaii, pecking orders are a necessity in order to keep organization. Like people go, yeah, no, they're, they're, I'm like, yeah, but in a real lineup, when it's for real, it's in the betterment of everybody's interest that like, Hey, listen, the, 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 the you know, the, the best surfers get priority and then, and then right after them or with them is the biggest. So the right. toughest, so it's <laughs> the best surfers and the toughest guys, those guys get the best, all the best waves. And then there's a trickle down effect from that. And then beginners are on the side, watch out because you're dangerous and you're going to hurt somebody. And sure. So it's like, that's whole, me, <laughs> but, but I'm just saying, but there's a, there's a, oh, a necessity sure. to do that, but there's a lot of petty stuff that goes on in lineups when there's only talking and there's no physical thing. As soon as there's any kind of physical altercations, then a lot of that talking disappears and it becomes a lot more structured. There's a lot more structure in it. Um, and, and I, that's, I mean, listen, I grew up in those environments. I grew up in, there wasn't a lot of talking. There was head knocking. <laughs> so yeah. it was like, you know, and it was pretty clear. It was pretty defined. It was, you know, you weren't, you weren't surprised if you dropped in on the one guy that you knew that was Gonna head knocker, he might it. be jumping on top of you. Yeah. Like, so don't act like, wow, that was out of, you know, message received. Yeah. yeah. Yes, everyone, this is an advertisement. It's coming at you raw 
and real, and let's do it. Um, have you heard of Simple Contacts? Well, it's just the most convenient way to renew your contact lens prescription and reorder your brand of contacts from anywhere. In minutes, instead of heading to the doctor year after year, just to renew your prescription for something you wear every day, you can do it on your own time and terms in just a few minutes. This is vision care for the 21st century, no big deal. There are a million things demanding your time, and, and contact lenses, they, they just shouldn't be one of them. And Simple Contact's vision test is self-guided, takes five minutes. Think of how much time you can save compared to making an appointment, going to the eye doctor, taking time off, etc. It is designed by ophthalmologists, and a licensed doctor reviews every test. So you can skip the office visit, but not the care. The reviews speak for themselves. Like, we got thousands, so it's it's crushing it. And Simple Contacts has all the brands and types of lenses you're familiar with. And the vision test is only 70 bucks, so come on. So look, for my listeners, my people, my, my number ones, we've got a $20 offer for you if you go to Simple Contacts at simplecontacts.com slash curious, enter my code curious at checkout. That's $20 off your contacts at simplecontacts.com slash curious. Enter promo code curious. Boom. What, um, and you know, of course, as, as comfortable as you are to talk about it, like I, you know, I never knew my dad. And once I got to a certain age, I had lost my opportunity to meet him because he he passed away when I was 20, 26. And I had read a quote of yours where you had met your dad later in life in your 20s. And it sort of, it, it didn't reveal anything. It, it sort of uh, cemented the fact that you were okay with not knowing him. Mm. What was that experience like for you? You know, I'm interested because I have my own yeah. growing up yeah. without that father figure. Well, I think you're in your situation. I can't speak for you, but I, I know that you probably because you didn't meet him that you maybe you thought you missed something. But if you, I don't actually. Yeah. Like, well, then, to there your you point. go. Yeah. 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 I just figured... well, if they're not there, what you realize too is I and I think uh, I think for him, I think it was more like he wanted to maybe try to you know redeem himself um, through kind of an establishing a relationship. But I felt like, hey, listen, you already had. 20 something years to come and participate. You never did. And you know, listen, it's a domestic. I always describe domestics as something that's difficult to, um, you know, to, to, uh, be involved in. And you only know if you're the actually in it, you know, it's like, it, it's one of those things that maybe, you know, Hey, you, you know, you never know. Our moms could have had a big part of why they, we never saw them because our moms weren't exactly helping them see sure. us and all that. This is all those details. And, um, but, uh, you know, I, um, when I met, when I met my, you know, when I met my, uh, birth father, uh, we, I realized that we really had very little in common because we had no experiences together other than we had DNA physical attributes that were similar, but we had no experiences together. And, you know, the, why does a child love his adopted parents more than his own parents? once he's been raised by them because they raised him. And so they, they were there when he was sick and they were there when on his birthday and they were there when his, you know, and all these important moments. And so at the end of the day, they develop, they've developed a relationship that brings those emotions and those feelings. And when you're not, when you don't, and you're not there, 
then you can't expect to have that kind of depth of relationship because you realize that like listen you have you, you know as well as i do when you have friends of yours that you've known since the first grade right these are friends of yours you've had the since the first grade you've known them you have this unspoken connection with these people the, the deepness history experiences deep like that you that you don't even have to talk and you have this kind of thing you can just be together and somehow those experiences that you both shared together are kind of uh, you know, molding, they're molded together, like just being together. You don't need to even, you know, and then you can bring them up and talk about them. And when you have, you know, and in my case, because my, I didn't know my father and never saw my, uh, saw him that until I was 20 something years old, that, that I had, I really didn't have anything in common. Like I, there was no, we couldn't go, Hey, remember the time da, 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 or, and not that we even needed to say that, but that we just, we didn't, it didn't exist. And so it, it brought a, it brought a lack of depth to the relationship, mm. um, because of that, because it didn't exist, because there was no time together, no time, no, 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 nothing to pull from. So it's funny. People say to me, and, and it's always people who, who have had a great father or a present father. And yeah. they're like, when, when he was alive, how did, how have you not met him? Are you curious? You should do this. And much to your point, and my dad also was 60 when he was with my mom. So at this point, he's like in his 80s. And I was like, you know, I had gone through a really challenging part of my life and come out of it like a better man. Mm. And I was in my mid-20s and I felt as though I was like, I've been through the hard part. I became a man without him. I know what he gets. Yeah. Like a yeah. good dude who doesn't need anything from him. Yeah. And like, but what do I get? Like, we're not going to play catch. Like it's, we missed yeah. it. And, yeah. and so I never had that, that deep need to really, yeah. and I also, in a way of, of forgiving him, cause he had a family and yeah. kids and, yeah. and I imagine a wife that, you know, had no idea I existed. Yeah. And I know how I, I mean, I tell, I, I, the smallest infraction I pay for it immediately. You learn that in, in adulthood, right? Like yeah. we, we are a witness to our bad behavior. So we get, we don't get away with anything. And I was like, to have, to have, to have lived your life with this secret hmm. and taken it to your deathbed, that must've been tough. Yeah. I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. So it gave me like perspective on my relationship with him. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I believe we probably have a mechanism that we probably have a mechanism because obviously we're not the first people that have ever been born that didn't know their dads. And so in a way, I bet that's happened so often over evolution that I think we probably have a, a, a mechanism that is not triggered by when they, when we don't, when you don't have one in order to make it so that it's not stressful on you so that it's not something that, that handicaps you or burdens you. So I, I bet there's, um, we have an actual, design in our system right. to be like okay yeah no no problem like so that's why when it comes time you're like yeah it doesn't even matter i don't even care like i'm already you like you said i'm already a man i'm good i'm down the road i don't need to I, I, and i'm not concerned about helping you redeem yourself to yourself i'm good i don't need it i'm you know and, and it's like you said i'm not you know what do i get out of it but even even more so but why do i need why are you going to subject me into trying to help you get you know redeem yourself like you should have done that that's that's your job i don't need to <laughs> right. do, i don't need to do that Facilitate i have enough to do that. i'm a young man yeah it's like i got a i got a whole life to do it and and then you can decide what kind of man you want to be and I, and so in a way i think 
you know, part of what has contributed, and, and I would, I'd still say I'm selfish, but part of what's contributed to me being the father that I am is, was part of it has to do with being, first of all, not having my birth father as my father and then having, you know, a stepfather and then seeing what kind of father he was and then being like, Hey, what kind of father do I want to be? And maybe I want to be a little bit like that father and a little bit like this other father. And maybe some of these other people that I respect, I'll be like them too. And then try to become the father that you, you know, that you want to be, or that you would have liked to have had, had you had one or whatever that is. And, you know, I, I mean, I think it, listen, it all has its own variation of burden, but yeah, at the end, you know, I, I, fortunately there's no, there's no right or wrong way. It's, you know, it's, there's no, like, it's not like, oh, if you don't have a dad, you're not going to be okay. And it's not like if you have a dad, you're going to be okay. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, you know, yeah. let that stuff fall where it may, but you know, you just have to go off of what you, you know, what you have, what you got and, and, and deal with the, with the, you know, with the tires that are on the car that you, that, that you're driving and, you know, I, I think that that's a, a that's a, that's an interesting. It's a, it's been an interesting, you know, an interesting process uh, uh, walking, uh, being a dad, and then, you, you know, I I, I think it, what's in, I, I, as you get older, you know, in in the when you're when you're young, you know, the younger you are, the more kind of final everything is everything's so clear and defined for you you know they have this saying you know quick hurry up and hire your children while they still know everything but the fact is it's so clear and I'm this way and this is that way and the world's like this and then as you go you're kind of like oh maybe it's not like that and sometimes it is and sometimes it's not and you know you <laughs> and by the end you're just kind of like or not the end but I'm just saying but by the time you're you've come down the line of ways you're kind of like you know, I, you, you have a tendency to be a little more, yeah, just a little more less judgmental, you know? I mean, at least I find myself less judgmental. I mean, more clear knowing on what you want, but, but less clear on, you know, what the right or wrong way to go about it is. Did you find that you, I, I found for me, and sometimes to an unhealthy way, but throughout my life, I was sort of collecting father figures because I didn't have a specific guy to do that for me. And so whether it was like, like I had a big brother from the Big Brother Foundation or specific types of guys who I felt like I could look up to and learn from. And, it, and at times, and, and something that was revealed was that I was uh, putting unhealthy expectation on them because they weren't my dad. Yeah. But that, you know, I even see it now with like my wife's dad is a former athlete, just like an incredible father and a guy. And there's so much that I, I'm so attracted to what he has as a man because yeah. he's just raised a great family. Um, do you find that you did that growing up to some extent? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, I think it's, I think it's natural to, to look at, be looking out there and, and, and looking at other men as examples of the kind of man you want to be because, or the kind of man you don't want to be. I mean, more more often than not, it's really a, a looking at what you don't want to be than what you want to be. And I don't know if that's because there's more men acting like you don't want to be or if there's less men acting like you want to be. I'm not sure which is going on, but something out there is happening where, you know, sometimes some of these best examples is now how not to be, not how to be. But I definitely had, you know, men that I looked 
uh, up to that I admired and I did similar thing, uh, similar kind of things that you did, which is, you know, putting unfair uh, and unrealistic expectations on them and then being disappointed. It's a little bit of a setup, um, that, that process of, you know, kind of putting, uh, you know, putting the expectations, your expectations on someone and then being disappointed. Um, part of it is because expectations are always unreal, unrealistic, but, and you don't know what it's like to be in their, their shoes. But there was definitely a lot of men that I looked at and families that I looked at that I admired that I was like, you know, I would like to emulate that, uh, in the future. I mean, you know, the fact is, is that we really are, are, uh, monkey see, monkey do, you know, right. we're, we're creatures that observe and behave and it's, uh, you know, it's hard to be the monkey that doesn't see and does, uh, but it's, but the, the seeing and doing is very common. Now, that's how we learn. And part of our evolution has been that we looked at the, you know, and then, and then they, we evolve. And then as we evolve, we look at the next level of it and then we watch that and we learn. And so we're able to learn off of that. But the, uh, you know, the definitely looking at men, uh, you know, and admiring them and, and wanting to, uh, you know, use attributes that they had and that you respected and, and being able to decipher through that, being able to decipher just, Hey, take that attribute from that one and take this attribute from him and take that other one from them. And, you know, and, and then use those. And I mean, then you become your own unique self, but, but, you know, pulling from those, those and, and looking at success, like what is, what is, you know, what is the behavioral trait of a successful, uh, you know, relationship? Okay, well, um, that's that. That's one of them. You know, that loyalty. Okay, that's one. You know, okay, uh, you know, monogamy. Okay, that's another one, <laughs> or whatever. You know, just choosing those traits that you see successful, and and then emulating those. I think that's. Uh, I think that's that we should do that anyway. I think you no, know, even if we had a perfectly good household and a perfectly great family i think you still should do that because no one man can be all things right um okay last one and a half questions because i don't want to keep you here all the yeah time. uh what's going through your mind or is nothing going through your mind when you're riding a massive wave uh you know ask that question a lot think about that answer a lot uh you know, I, I think I've, well, first of all, some of the science just to, to enlighten us all, which is, uh, that when you're in fight or flight, uh, you're using a different part of your brain that really isn't great at memorization. And so the limit you have a limited recollection of things when you're in fight or flight and the right. more intense the fight or flight, the more limited the recollection. And so, uh, when I look back at a lot of the surfing, um, I don't have a lot of real detailed, uh, you know, I have, I have little snapshots of moments, but that's just because, you know, that's what it takes in order to do the thing is this, you know, kind of all focus on doing, not on recording doing. Um, and so, but definitely all consuming, all consuming. There's no other blockage. There's no other, yeah. nothing, no, not no. thinking about your Facebook I promise. or your account balance. You're not thinking about nothing. Nothing. Except what you're doing and then implementing and then pulling uh, information from past experiences to implement decisions. 
uh, given what you, what you know, uh, and, and in there somewhere, because if you're not record, you know, if you're not remember, if your memory's cut kind of down and limited from those situations and what memories are you pulling, but it's always about survival, making it. And so, uh, uh, you know, total focus, uh, and, 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 you know, and, and no distraction and then just everything on high alert, everything's on, you know, the front line, it's the hearing, the side that, and, and, you know, it, again, people go, you know, is there a silence? And, you know, I think there is a silence. I think, I think sound becomes a distraction too, when you're in those kind of real, uh, focused, um, you know, things slow down and you have, and, and, and because of, uh, you know, and as you know, being in film, you know, I tell people, I go, well, how do you make slow-mo? And you speed the film up, right? That's how you make slow motion. Right. So in a way, the way we slow things down is speed up assessment. So when you're, when you, when your brain speeds up what's going on, that's how we get slow motion. That's where slow motion comes from. But that means everything's heightened, right? So it means you have to be absorbing stuff uh, faster. And that's where the slowing down comes in. That's where the decision-making comes in. And, uh, you know, it, it, and, and then you're, and then, you know, I, I describe big wave riding like the ultimate game of improv because it's everything it can do. There's no two rides the same ever. Uh, and you're on a moving surface that's, that can do all kinds of stuff so you're always having to, um, you know, you're always, but yet Adjust. looking ahead and feeling what's behind. I, I, I told somebody, I go, the one thing about big wave riding is it's one of the few times in life that you know what's happening behind you by what's happening in front of you. And I can look at the water in front of me where I'm going and I know exactly what it's doing in the back of me. I don't need to turn around and look. I know. So I know if I'm in a spot where the wave's going to land on me, I, I already know that's coming. Um, and that's happening from being able to know what's happening in front of you, which is kind of, I don't know if it's a metaphor for life or something, but you know, it's kind of like, you'll, you'll know what's happening behind, you know, what's happened behind you by, you know, what's happening in front of you. And, and, uh, and it's, you know, I mean, it's the, for me, uh, listen, I, this is the kind of the culmination of everything that I've done when I do that. Uh, and it's, it's, you know, it takes, it takes, uh, it takes all of me in a way that, that nothing that I, that I'm, you know, and, and part of it is because the threat, you know, you're under threat, you're under the threat of, um, and I think that's where I, sometimes I connect with military people because of the, that, you know, I have some, a lot of friends that are in the military and, and, you know, and I can kind of communicate and have an understanding with them, um, even though I've never, you know, been in battle and being shot at, that I have a, you know, that, that, that threat of, you know. Yeah, unrelenting, yeah. uncompromising. Yeah. And whenever you've been held under the water for uh, an unfair amount of time. Which doesn't take long. <laughs> at maximum heart rate. Who are you talking to anyone? And by that, I mean, are you talking to God? Are you talking to your mom? Or are you just like... I'm going to, I'm going to solve this problem. Like there's no thought that I'm going to be sane under here. For... Well, you, well the, I mean, listen, some, some, usually you're having a conversation with yourself because it's, you're the only one there with you at that point. Um, you know, I mean, I listen, I've been, I've been rescued at sea and I, you know, I, I asked God to please rescue me and, 
I told him that I'd turn from my sinful ways. <laughs> that wasn't, that didn't last long. But the fact is, is that I was, you know, I did ask for the almighty to please come down and, you know, scoop me up and I've done that on drugs before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter how you get there. You just know the feeling. But, <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, when you're down deep in the bottom of the ocean, it's a lonely place. And, you know, it, it's, uh, I mean, you, uh, it's nice to get to the surface. It's always nice to come back and, and, uh, you know, and, and there's a, there's a, an, an aspect of submission that happens that get, that normally gets you through it. I think that's the thing that it teaches you more than anything is, is that submitting and being and submission is, is where you succeed. And it's kind of, again, you know, the ocean being the teacher, it's, it, there's an irony in that, you know, there's an irony, irony in submitting to creating win. success to win that's just counterintuitive because everything we we know and everything that we're taught is that you aggress and that you and then you win you know and this is you aggress here and you lose so we know that quickly there's a time to aggress and that at moments you will make an aggressive movement but there's only through submission you'll know when to aggress uh and, and, but it's the submission, the submission that gives you the, 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 you know, the, the knowledge to know when to aggress that without that submission, you wouldn't know when to go and, and, and what to do. And, and, uh, and then sometimes it's just, it's just a, sheer, a fight for survival. Just like got to get to the top where the air is. Cause there's none under there. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for doing yeah. this. This My has been awesome. My pleasure. Hello. That was it. That was Laird Hamilton. This was my podcast. And now this is you. And let's get away from Laird and me. And it's not all about us. Because yes, people like Laird and I, we've done incredible things. Yeah, we've surfed giants. You know, 80 foot waves. And yeah, we do incredible workouts underwater where we hold our breath for you know, minutes on end while lifting boulders and doing incredible compound exercises. Oh, wait, that's just layered. Nevertheless, you, whoever you are listening to this thing, you are of value and what you do matters. And even in the most subtle and nuanced ways, because I know that you care. And then when you do things, you put your all into it. And maybe it's not like the shiny, exciting things that people get to see and that people take notice of. Maybe the things you do are the things that keep the world working. You know who you are. You know who you are. And I think that's dope. That's all I got. Have a great week. Bye.